the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We all should have the same attitude. We all should surrender everything to Jesus Christ. We, we all should say, uh, I will live for you. I will live my life for you. Since you died for me on the cross, my life belongs to you. And Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. This is what it looks like to be a real disciple of Jesus Christ. The life completely surrendered over to him. Lord, wherever you want to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. When we first get saved, we may use a phrase like, Lord, I surrender my life to you. As we grow in our faith, we start to realize just how much Jesus gave and just how much we still have to give. There is always a deeper level of surrender that we can experience with Jesus. We can always find another thing that he will call us to give up for the sake of him. In today's message, Pastor Dan will be sharing about the cost of following Jesus and what it looks like to live a life of surrender towards Him. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Matthew chapter 8, we left off at verse 18, where it says, And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. And when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with waves. But Jesus was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And when he had come to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes, your translation might say Gadarenes, There met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? And now a good way off from there was a herd of many swine feeding. And so the demons begged him, saying, 
If you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, go. So when they had come out, they went into the herd of swine. And suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the water. Then those who kept them fled and they went away into the city and told everything, including what had happened to the demon possessed men. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to depart from their region. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, as always, just for the gospel of Matthew. It's so wonderful going through this gospel. Lord, we we pray that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher today. We pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. I pray and ask, Lord, that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember back in chapter 4, we were told that Jesus went about all of Galilee teaching and preaching and healing. And in chapters 8 and 9, we have a collection of miracles Jesus performed. And these miracles demonstrate his power and his authority over creation. These miracles clearly show his deity, that Jesus is God, and they clearly show his Messiahship, that Jesus is the Messiah and the King of the Jews, promised in the Old Testament scriptures in hundreds of prophecies. In verses 18 to 22 in our passage today, Jesus tells us some things we should consider if we are going to follow him as his disciples. You know, elsewhere, Jesus tells us to count the cost. Count the cost of being his disciple before we commit to following him. And here in verse 18, again, if you look at the the verse, it says, when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Now, you should underline that phrase, the other side in your Bible. Jesus means the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And we're going to come back to that in just a moment. But go ahead and underline it in your Bible. Verse 19, then a certain notice scribe came and said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Now notice it's a scribe that said this. Within Judaism, scribes, their job was to copy the scripture by hand. This, of course, was before the printing press. And so scribes were experts in interpreting and teaching the scriptures what we would call the Old Testament. Some translations say he was a teacher of the law. A teacher of the law came to Jesus. That's what the scribes did. They copied the scriptures, so they were experts at the scriptures, and they taught the scriptures. They taught the law. So this scribe was part of the religious leadership of Judaism. We've been going through the Gospel of Matthew. Many of you have asked me, How did the religious leaders miss it? How did the religious leaders not realize that Jesus is their Messiah? Well, some of them didn't miss it. And here's a scribe who didn't miss it. Now, through his teachings and miracles, Jesus clearly demonstrated he's the Messiah. And here we have one of the scribes that became a follower. Someone who is an expert in the scriptures recognized who Jesus is. And notice the scribe addresses Jesus respectfully as 
teacher. Note that. The scribe was a teacher professionally. He's a teacher of the law. And he says to Jesus, teacher. He he addresses Jesus as teacher. Here you have the teacher calling Jesus teacher. You're the true teacher. (laughs) You know, I have the title of teacher, but Jesus, you're the teacher. I'm, I'm just the student here. That's a very humble way for the scribe to address Jesus. And the scribe said to Jesus, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. So this scribe is completely surrendered to Jesus. He's willing to follow Jesus anywhere. He's giving his life entirely to Christ to follow him as his disciple. He's giving up his life as a scribe. He's giving up his esteemed position within the community as a scribe to follow Christ. And we all should have the same attitude. We all should surrender everything to Jesus Christ. We, we all should say, uh, I will live for you. I will live my life for you. Since you died for me on the cross, my life belongs to you. And Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. This is what it looks like to be a real disciple of Jesus Christ. It's a life completely surrendered over to him. Lord, wherever you want to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. But Jesus wants this man to have the proper perspective of what he is in for as a disciple. Just as Jesus wants us to have the proper perspective of what we're in for. If we choose to follow him and surrender our lives to him. So look at verse 20. In verse 20, Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, if you're a note taker, and I hope that you are, this is the first time in the Gospel of Matthew that Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. It's probably capitalized in your Bible. The Son of Man. Matthew uses this title in his Gospel 30 times for Jesus. The title Son of Man is used a total of 80 times in the Gospels. The title Son of Man was Jesus's most used title for himself. Uh, You could say it was his favorite way to describe himself as the son of man. And it's noteworthy that Jesus used this title, son of man, for the first time while talking to a scribe, an expert in the scriptures. And this scribe knew exactly what Jesus meant by calling himself the son of man. And Being a teacher of the law, he knew what the Old Testament scriptures say about the Son of Man. So this scribe was not standing there thinking, I wonder why he called himself the Son of Man. What does that even mean? Why would he use that term? What is that? No, the scribe knew exactly what Jesus meant. The title Son of Man is a messianic title from the Old Testament. In particular, Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. You can write that in the margin of your Bible. I'll just explain it to you, read it to you. Daniel chapter 7. In Daniel chapter 7, Daniel the prophet has a vision from the Lord. And in the vision, Daniel says, He sees one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. It's a picture of the Messiah. And then to the Son of Man in this vision that Daniel has, Daniel 7, 
then to the Son of Man was given dominion and glory and a kingdom over all the earth, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. It says his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom shall not be destroyed. And so in Daniel's vision of the Son of Man, Daniel sees the Son of Man given all authority and sovereignty over all the earth and all the people of the earth serving him and obeying him. And he has this everlasting kingdom. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. And here Jesus says to this scribe, essentially, I am the son of man that Daniel saw in his vision. And Jesus has demonstrated his authority and sovereignty over creation through all of these miracles and healings that he has performed. But look again at verse 20 at what Jesus says. But the son of man has no place to lay his head. He's demonstrated that he is the son of man spoken of by Daniel, the prophet Daniel chapter seven. But he has no place to lay his head in this world, meaning the world will not receive him as the son of man. The world will not welcome him as the son of man. The world, in fact, will oppose him and reject him instead of receive him and serve him. He is the son of man, but he has no place to lay his head in this world. This world has not welcomed him and received him. And understand, hospitality was a big deal in that culture. People in that culture in that time would open their home to a a stranger, and give them a place to stay, give them a place to lay their head. I've shared this before, but years ago, my wife and I, we were on a tour in Israel. We went through Hezekiah's Tunnel, which you can, you know, you get very wet in Hezekiah's Tunnel. We came out of Hezekiah's Tunnel. Everybody in the group, were clo- our clothes are, are soaking wet, but we still had more touring to do. So our tour guide knocked on the door of a house near Hezekiah's Tunnel, where you come out of the tunnel. And explain to the owner of the house that we're on a tour and we need to change into dry clothes. The owner of the house stepped outside of his own home and allowed our whole group to go into his house to change our clothes. And he waited outside. That's that's hospitality. In the Middle East, that's how hospitable people are in that culture. Strangers, a group of strangers knock on your door. We need to change our clothes. Can we use your house? Someone knocks on my door. We hide, right? You know, get down. Quiet. 
in that culture, you would open your home to a stranger. It was actually a disgrace to not show hospitality to a stranger. So understand what Jesus is saying here. The son of man has come into the world. This one promised in the Old Testament. From Daniel chapter 7. And the world will not receive him. Now, some individuals, of course, will receive him. But generally speaking, the world will not receive him or welcome him or make a place for him or offer him hospitality in any, any way. There's nowhere for him to lay his head. Isaiah 53, he's despised and rejected by men. John chapter 1, he came unto his own and his own received him not. And Jesus warns this scribe who, who is willing to follow him wherever he goes. I'll follow you wherever you go. That following Jesus is to follow a path of rejection. Hear me. To follow Jesus is to follow a path of rejection by the world. If you follow Christ, the world will not receive you. The world will not welcome you. The world will not accommodate you. The world will not accommodate your Christian faith. The world will not make a place for you or a place for your Christian faith. The world will oppose you. And your faith. And many of us, I would say, feel that pressure from the world. We feel that opposition. We feel that opposition getting stronger. We feel that that our Christian faith and our Christian worldview is, is not welcomed here. It's getting pushed out more and more. There's no place for it in the culture. And Jesus is telling us here, well, we should expect this. We should expect this. Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know it hated me before it hated you. Jesus said, a disciple is not above his teacher, a servant above his master. If the world rejected Christ, we should not expect the world to receive us who live for Christ. If the world did not accommodate him, It's not going to accommodate us. Jesus said people will hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the son of man. That same title as followers of Christ, we should expect to be excluded by people and by the culture because we follow the son of man. And I would say to you, as time goes on, we should expect it more and more. Now, like you, I'm praying for revival. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit is poured out upon our country, upon our world, upon our culture, and that God turns the hearts of people back to him. I'm I'm praying that, but I also read the Bible, and I see what the Bible says. And if God chooses not to pour out his spirit, we should expect the world, we should expect the culture to be inhospitable toward us. And our worldview because we follow Christ, because we follow the Son of Man, and we live according to a biblical worldview. And so we may find that there's no place for us to lay our head in this world. Now in verse 21, another of his disciples came to him. And this is not one of the 12 disciples, but it's, it's another disciple, another follower of Christ. And in verse 21, another disciple said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now, this is a passage that may be confusing to some. It may come off as as insensitive, like, wow, Jesus, just let the guy go to his dad's funeral. Like, what's the big deal here? 
Can he have just an afternoon off? Now, you have to understand the context of this. Jews in the ancient world buried people on the same day of their death. So they would have the funeral immediately on the same day. So that's not the case here with this disciple. It's not that his father has just died. He's not asking to go to his father's funeral. And Jesus said, no, you can't go. Jews in the ancient world would bury people the day of their death. And they would bury their bodies in tombs. And then they would mourn for a year. And at the end of the year, the family would return back to the tomb open the tomb, take the bones of the person, and place the bones of the person into an ossuary, a bone box, about the size of a femur bone, the longest bone in the body. And then they would place that ossuary back in the tomb. And then at that point, the person was considered buried, and the time of mourning was over. And and so this was their process of, of how they how they buried people. And with this disciple, his his father is already dead. His father is already in the tomb. This disciple is in that year of mourning. And he's waiting to go back to the tomb to put his dad's bones in the ossuary. And, And that's why he says here, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus in response says, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. To be a disciple of Jesus Jesus must be preeminent in your life. Count the cost. Following Jesus must have first priority over every relationship in your life, even your most basic family priorities and obligations. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. So count the cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus must be preeminent in our lives above everything and everyone else. Our relationship with Jesus must take precedent over every other relationship in our life. And also we should know that the world may reject us for following Christ and not accommodate us and not accommodate our Christian faith. Now, go with me back up to verse 18, where Jesus commanded his disciples to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And I told you to underline that phrase, the other side, because it's important for understanding the story here. The Sea of Galilee is actually a a freshwater lake, and it is about 13 miles long. It's about seven miles wide at its widest point. Jesus commanded his disciples to go to the other side. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. We're going to the other side. Now, now here's what you need to know to understand this story. Jesus commanded his disciples to do something they would never do. They would never go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee for two reasons. First, the other side of the Sea of Galilee is an area which is called the Decapolis, the Decapolis. Decapolis means 10 cities. There were 10 Roman cities on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. The other side of the Sea of Galilee was Roman. It was Gentile. It was pagan. It was full of idolatry. It was full of temples to idols and all kinds of immorality and uncleanness. And the disciples being devout Jews would never go to that side of the lake. 
been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Matthew, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This is a book that may cause you to be curious about the history before and also what comes after. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-giving scripture they might not hear elsewhere. What an opportunity to reach people who are lost and without hope in the world. We'd be grateful for your prayers as the word is going out through these messages. If you'd like some specifics, we'd ask that you pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would have more and more souls join him because of the truth of his word. Thanks so much for listening today and for praying. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on in the book of Matthew right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.